Thank you so much, praise band, praise team. This morning, I invite you to open your Bible. If you have a copy of God's Word, if you look with me to, Matthew, uh, to Acts chapter number 8. Acts chapter number 8 is where we're at today. And I would uh, encourage you to follow along, open your Bible. I'm not putting the scripture on the screen today. And so we're going to do it the old-fashioned way. So you can open your Bible and find it. Or turn your Bible, your phone on, and look for it, all right? Silence your phone for phone calls. Use it for reading the Word, all right? All right, now, so I encourage you and, uh, to look with me to Acts chapter number 8, beginning with verse number 25. So, when they had solemnly testified and spoken the Word of the Lord, they started back to Jerusalem and were preaching the gospel to many villages of the Samaritans. But an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Get up and go south to the road that descends from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert road. So he got up and went. And there was an Ethiopian eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all of her treasure. And he had come to Jerusalem to worship. And he was returning and sitting in his chariot and was reading the prophet Isaiah. Then the spirit said to Philip, go up and join this chariot. Philip ran up and heard him reading Isaiah, the prophet, and said, do you understand what you're reading? He said, well, how could I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and to sit with him. Now the passage of scripture he was reading was this. He was led as a sheep to slaughter. And as a lamb before its shearer is silent. So he does not open his mouth. In humiliation his judgment was taken away. Who will relate his generation? For his life is removed from the earth. The eunuch answered Philip and said. Please tell me. Of whom does the prophet say this? Of himself or someone else? And Philip opened his mouth and beginning from this scripture, he preached Jesus to him. And they went along the road and came to some water. And the eunuch said, look, water. What prevents me from being baptized? Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered, I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he ordered the chariot to stop. They both went down to the water, Philip as well as the eunuch, and he baptized him. Amen. Father in heaven, I pray that as we meditate upon this story and passage from your word that your Holy Spirit would speak to us about our relationship with you, our obedience, and our baptism. If there's somebody here who's never trusted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, I pray that today they would turn their heart and life to him and follow him and obey him and to be baptized, and to learn of him, and to live for him. 
It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Do you remember when you were baptized? Where were you? I wish we had time to all tell that story. What did it mean to you? Why were you baptized? Why did you choose to be baptized? To be baptized, the word baptized or baptism means to plunge underneath, to submerge underwater. It is a powerful religious symbol among Jews in the first century, but also especially to the church, to Christians, because it's an ordinance of the church, meaning it was ordained by the Lord to be followed and obeyed and practiced among Christians. It's a picture. It's a picture of God's amazing grace and love for us, and it's an act that is filled, pregnant with meaning and spiritual help in your life to be baptized, to be immersed in water in the name of Jesus. The background of baptism we find in the Bible is filled with it, but you see John the Baptist he, as he arrives on the scene, and he's preaching as a forerunner to Christ, and as he's preaching, he's preaching repentance, a baptism of repentance for forgiveness of sin. He's preaching and say, turn from your sin and turn to God and be baptized and begin a new beginning of repentance in your life. And people were coming out from Judea and even Jerusalem to the Jordan River just east of Jericho at the Jordan River site. And he, he, began, he was baptizing them and preaching repentance and asking men and women to turn from sin and turn to God, and to live right, to be baptized. Jesus came to John the Baptist, and as he comes to him, he once presents himself in order to be baptized. Now, John thought of the incongruity of this. He said, listen, I, I shouldn't even be able to unlatch the thong of your sandals. I I I you are much greater than me. You come to be baptized by me, I need to be baptized by you. He told them, he said, one coming after me, I baptize with water. There's one coming after me that's greater. He will baptize with the Holy Spirit. When he saw Jesus, Jesus said he came to be baptized. In order to fulfill what was right, righteousness, Jesus himself preached the coming of the gospel of the kingdom. Jesus preached repentance from sin. And Jesus' disciples practiced baptism as a sign of repentance from sin. And Jesus commissioned his church to go and proclaim the gospel to all the nations and to proclaim repentance of sin and to make disciples, followers, and to baptize them, and to teach them all that I've commanded you. And he promised, and lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. So baptism is very important, because in Matthew chapter 28, he says, go make disciples. That's the verb. Baptizing them, that's the participle. Teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. Baptism is important. It's essential in discipleship process. It's just as essential as teaching. Make disciples, 
baptizing and teaching. So we are to be involved in this twin thing in the disciple-making process of baptizing and of teaching. On the day of Pentecost, as the Holy Spirit falls on the disciples, the early church, 50 days after Passover, and God's Spirit moves powerfully, they begin to proclaim the gospel. And there was a large crowd gathered there because of the noise of the movement of the Spirit of God. And Peter and others began to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. And as they start preaching, Jesus died for you, Jesus crucified, Jesus is the Messiah, Jesus raised from the dead, they responded, what shall we do? And this is what Peter said. Repent, and each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And they kept testifying and exhorting, Luke said, with many words, be saved from this perverse and crooked generation. So the early church proclaimed the gospel clearly. We are saved by grace, through faith, that not of yourselves. It's a gift from God. But baptism is linked to our salvation in a powerful, pictorial, symbolic, meaningful way. And so that brings us to the story. Persecution breaks out against the church in Jerusalem, and the disciples go other places and towns and villages in Judea and even into Samaria. And Philip, one of the disciples, is in Samaria preaching the gospel, and people are coming to Christ, and they receive the Holy Spirit among the Samaritans, and God is at work. And then he's going back to Jerusalem and preaching in the villages. And God says, I want you, Philip, to go over to, to the road that goes from, descends from Jerusalem down to Gaza. And so he goes along that road, not knowing what, but just obeying what he felt the Holy Spirit was telling him to do. And when he did, he saw a man riding in a chariot who had, I guess, paused or stopped and Philip uh, goes up to him. This man was from Ethiopia. He was, uh, had been up to Jer- Jerusalem. He was a, a, a very wealthy man. He was, uh, a part, he was secretary of treasury for Ethiopia, for the queen. And so uh, Philip comes up to him. He has a book of Isaiah, not a Bible like ours. It's a scroll of Isaiah. And he's at the place of Isaiah chapter number 52 and 53, the great suffering servant psalm. And so he's there reading it, and Philip comes up to him. He's reading out loud. Hebrew's not his native tongue. And so he's reading out loud this passage of Scripture. And Philip said, do you understand, man, what you're reading? He said, how do I understand unless somebody helps me? And he invites old Philip up to him. And it says, and beginning right there from that scripture about the suffering servant in Isaiah 53, he preached Jesus to him. Ah, you think that's a coincidence? No. And, and he becomes converted. He becomes a believer. They come to some water and he said, what prevents me from being baptized? This Ethiopian was from Africa. He was an African man. 
He was probably from north of Sudan. He was a very wealthy man. Rolled, he was in a chariot. Folks, that would be like a Rolls Royce for us. It was a pretty nice ride, all right? And so he was a powerful man, the minister of finance, an educated man. He not only was financial and, and accounting, understanding, but he was educated, he was political, he had rose in the ranks, he was a servant to the queen, but he's reading Hebrew. That is not his native tongue. That is a, a very educated man. He's, he's a religious man. He went to Jerusalem to worship, but he had experienced difficulties in Jerusalem. He was prevented from worshiping like others. In the temple courts, there is the, 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 the holy place, there is the court of the men, and then there's the court of the women, and then there's the court of the Gentiles. He is excluded, though, because of his disfigurement. He is a eunuch. He's been made to be a eunuch as a man. His body has been disfigured. He's excluded by the law from temple worship. But that doesn't keep him from finding the grace of the Lord Jesus. And Philip preaches to him and he says, when I went to Jerusalem, the eunuch said, I was prevented and go into the temple because of my nationality, because of my race, because of my disfigurement, because I'm not a part of Israel. He said, listen, what prevents me from being baptized? What hinders me? And I think that's a great question for us to consider today. What hinders you from being baptized? I want you to ask yourself the question today. What keeps you from being baptized? Sometimes it's hypocrisy. Religion can get in the way from people being baptized. There's religion in Judaism, the, the Judaism, the, the hypocrisy and the legalism. And the hypocrisy was this, that just because you were a man meant that you could go into the inner court, but if you were living immorally, if your heart wasn't right, you still had access, even though legally a person like this man, whose heart might have been right, but just because he was made a eunuch, he was prevented. And that could be a stumbling block. Let me ask you, let me share with you. Get your eyes off religion because it will hold you back. Get your eyes on Jesus Christ. Traditions can also get in the way. Race and ethnicity. He could have been, well, you know, I'm an Ethiopian. I'm an African. I am not a Jew. My family doesn't practice this right. I don't care what your family tradition is. Get your eyes off your family and your tradition and get it on Jesus Christ. Unworthiness. Sometimes I look at myself and I feel unworthy. Maybe it's something that's happened to you or something you've done yourself. The hurt of the past. Pain done to you. Something you've done to yourself. Maybe you were abused by someone or abused by your own self. And maybe you think, I'm unworthy to be baptized. My life's not in order. And look what I've done in my past. And I feel so unworthy. I think the Ethiopian could have felt that. But I want you to listen to me. Get your eyes off self. Amen. 
Because the gospel is not about your worthiness. It's about Jesus' worthiness. And that he died for all of our sins. And our hope is in him and not in our worthiness. Often pride gets in our way. We refuse to submit to the Lord. Jesus is our Savior, but he's our Lord. Jesus submitted himself to the Father. Listen, there was no one more perfect than Jesus. Jesus was born of a virgin, born without sin, circumcised on the eighth day. He was under the law. He was fulfilling the law. He lived a life of obedience to God. But he submitted his life to be baptized, not because Jesus was a sinner, but because Jesus wanted to obey and be a submissive to the Father. He says, permit it at this time, for in this way it's fitting for us, Jesus said to John the Baptist, to fulfill all righteousness. And the Bible says, then he permitted him. He fulfilled and obeyed God. Listen to me. Rebellion is not a virtue. It's not a badge of honor. Well, I'll be baptized when I want to. I'm in charge of my life. Pride and rebellion is not your honor. Pride and rebellion is your shame. It's your undoing. It reveals that Jesus is not the Lord of your life. Because he, when he comes, becomes Lord, then you submit to him in your life. And baptism is the first act of obedience as a Christian. And so you surrender to him. And when Jesus who saved you and Jesus who carried your sins away and Jesus who died on the cross for you and when Jesus paid for you and when Jesus took the hell that you deserved and when Jesus suffered for you and Jesus was buried for you and Jesus rose again for you and then Jesus calls you to himself and says I want you to surrender to me and and I'll save your life when you pray and say dear God thank you for forgiving me of my sin come into my life I want to be your son or daughter and he saves you and his spirit comes to live in you your first response is I will follow you and baptism's no problem. Isn't that right? Yeah. And so, we're called to be baptized. But the real culprit often is disbelief. We've not really trusted Jesus, and that's why we won't be baptized. He said, what prevents me from being baptized? And Philip said, nothing, if you believe with all your heart. And he said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he baptized him. Some people won't be baptized because they're afraid. They're afraid of what other people think. Get your eyes off others and get them on Jesus. Amen. Sometimes if people are fearful of all kinds of things. I've baptized lots of different people in my life. 
some have been incredibly fearful. We've baptized disabled people. We've baptized people in wheelchairs. We've baptized people uh, that were sick. We've baptized people in a nursing home. We've baptized people that were invalid at home. We've baptized people on the foreign field. We've baptized people here. We've baptized in, uh, uh, in many different places and circumstances. It's always joyful. I do think that the most fearful person I ever met about being baptized was a woman by the name of Joanna Chitwood. And Joanna, many years ago, in the very first pastorate I was at, Jay, I was way younger than you, and I was preaching in this church in Ducoin, Illinois, and this woman had professed Jesus Christ as Savior. She said, but pastor, I cannot be baptized. I said, why? She said, I'm so scared of water. She said, I don't even get my face wet when I take a shower if I can keep from it. I'm scared to death of water. I said, well, Joanna, you need to be baptized and follow the Lord and believers' baptism. She said, I know I do, but I'm scared. I said, well, don't you think God take care of you? She said, well, I trust God, but I'm not sure I trust you. And so uh, I said, well, I said, uh, we well, got a point, but I'll do my best not to lose you. I thought about getting floaties or something, and so, uh, so I, I tried to practice it with her. We did a dry run, and it seemed like it was okay. I was, I was working on trying to tip her. Now, you've got to understand, it was a precarious thing. She was, <clears throat> I don't just say that uh, she was vertically challenged for her weight, and so she, uh, and so she was about as wide as tall, and so it was like baptizing a bowling ball, really. And so I, uh, I was just young, and I didn't know. And so we got her to the baptistry. And in our little church then, and we had a small little baptistry. It filled the tank. It was so exciting. And she was, I looked at her, and I said, Joanne, you ready? And she goes, yeah. And I said, in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And she had panic in her eye. And I started trying to tip her back. I didn't have a seat like that one. So I'm trying to tip her back. And she's so scared. She goes like this. We're in the window. We disappeared out of the window. And then we came back into the window. She's scared to death. So I said, you, you ready to do this? She goes, okay, I'm sorry. So I tried again. Out of the window, back into the window. By this time, the congregation is laughing. Now, these are the old days. I'm in the tank with her. So, I, right or wrong, I put my foot back there. We tried to trip her and brought her back down. She was baptized. It wasn't against her will, but it was... But she was baptized. I don't know what your fears are. Lay aside your fear and embrace Jesus Christ as the Lord of your life. Why be baptized? To follow the example set by Jesus himself. Submission to him and to the Father's will. Secondly, it's an act of obedience to Christ. Third, it's a declaration of your faith in Jesus. A confession of your faith. And so the picture is, and you just watched it, as a person baptized, they're dying to the old, death, 
burial, resurrection. Jesus died, Jesus was buried, and Jesus rose again. And it's saying, I believe that. And I'm a follower of the one who died and was buried and rose again. That's why I want to be baptized. And it's confessing him as your Savior. Jesus said in Matthew 10, he said, If you confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father who's in heaven. If you deny me before men, I deny you before my Father who is in heaven. It's a confession in the early church Believers confessed their faith when they were being baptized. It's identifying with Jesus. Identifying in his death and burial and resurrection. It is also, it is also a proclamation about me. When I'm baptized, the old Tim is dead and buried. While I'm not perfect, I'm raised again with a new life inside of me. Aaron and Todd and Mackenzie, this is what you just said as you were baptized. It's a symbol of a new life inside of you. The old life is dead. A new life is raised. Buried with him in the likeness of his death. Raised to live a new life. I'm crucified with Christ, Paul said, It's no longer I who live, but Christ, he lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and delivered himself up for me. That's your testimony. It's a cleansing from sin. It's a picture of that cleansing thing. Listen, it's not the same as circumcision. Baptism is not. It's not the church falsely has taught things like that. That baptism just replaced circumcision. No, baptism is for believers in Jesus Christ. Saul of Tarsus, when he came at the Lord on the road to Damascus, he was knocked blind. He met the Lord personally. He said, I'm Jesus whom thou is persecuting. Go in and and, and, and you'll be told what to do. And when Ananias comes and sees Saul, this is what Saul says according to Saul's own testimony. In Acts 22, Saul said that Ananias said to him, Now, Saul, why do you delay? Get up, be baptized, and wash away your sins, calling on his name. Wow. And Saul, Paul, was baptized. What is preventing you from being baptized? What is holding you back from being baptized? You say, Pastor, have you believed in him? Have you trusted Jesus? Are you trusting Jesus as your Savior? If the answer is yes, then be baptized. You say, when should I be baptized? As soon as you believe. Why delay? Arise. Be baptized, he said. It says in Acts, on the day of Pentecost, when they said, what should we do? He said, repent and be baptized. And that day, 3,000 souls were added. 
How would you like to be in that baptismal line, huh? I really wondered about that when I was in Jerusalem and just outside of the south, south southern steps going up to the city gate where the temple was into the temple courtyard. There is all of these uncovered, my archaeologist, baptismal pools that are below the southern steps. Scores of them so that 3,000 people easily could have been baptized on that day. What prevents you from being baptized? If you've come to know and believe in Jesus Christ as your Savior, then be immersed in water, plunged under it, symbolizing your new faith in Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior of your life. Today, I'm asking you to embrace Jesus Christ as the Lord, Master, and King of your life and obey Him in baptism and then following Jesus Christ in your life. Don't tell me you're following Him if you refuse to do the very first thing He asks you to do. And that is to be baptized. What is hindering you? Today, let's follow Jesus. Amen. Father in heaven, I thank you for your word. It's powerful and it's true. And Father, as you're speaking here today, I pray that you have your way in our hearts and lives. If there's somebody here today who's never trusted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, I pray that today they would confess him as Savior and Lord and surrender to be baptized and follow Jesus. Oh, Father, today I know you're speaking. Our pastors are standing here and they... Lord, they want to pray with anyone that you're speaking to. Lord, I pray that real commitments and decisions will be made for Jesus Christ today. Not manipulated, but real decisions to follow Christ. Have your way now, in Jesus' name. We're going to sing this song, and as we stand to sing... You want somebody to pray with, please come. Just step out where you are. You can make your way to the front. And we'd love to talk with you. Have your way. Have the, let the Lord have his way. You come. <laughs>